What's going on, everybody, and welcome back for another episode of Triggered. This is Triggered, episode number 235, and the day has finally arrived. It is election day. Joining us today is our all-time favorite guest, Town Hall's own Katie Pavlich. Welcome, Katie. Hey, guys. Happy election day. Yeah, after all, we are. After all these episodes, you're still our favorite guest. So that's it's amazing. <laughs> still at the top, not sick of winning yet. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So... <laughs> Uh, let's talk about what we got going on today, because yeah. you've seen over, uh, I would say, the past few days, the Democrats have been starting to hedge their messaging a little bit here. Mm-hmm. Um, you've seen pollsters who got it right in 2016 predict another Trump win, uh, saying that they're increasingly confident. You know, President Trump was on Fox and Friends this morning, and uh, he said he'll he thinks we're going to top the total from last time. So, wh- where do you think we are in this? Well, I think first to start off that the president is in a better position with the Republican Party this time around than he was in 2016. I think he's proven himself to have a conservative record on a number of issues, and there are a, there's a huge swath of people. Um, who maybe didn't vote for him last time, but who are voting for him this time as Republicans. And then uh, you can imagine that that also applies to Democrats and independents, considering that Joe Biden is the nominee. Given what the Trump campaign, I hopped on a call with them yesterday, given what they said, they're very confident about all of the battleground states. They think they're going to win Nevada by a margin of 50,000 votes. They think they're going to win Michigan by 400,000 votes. They think Wisconsin's going to be in their favor by 100,000 votes. They have a margin of a million votes, is what they said, about Pennsylvania. Uh, The director for strategic battleground operations for the Trump campaign said, quote, we currently project he will win the election day vote in Pennsylvania by over 1 million votes. If that's true, then the president's obviously in good shape. Seems like a big number. Um, But you have the Biden campaign today and the campaign manager as you mentioned, trying to kind of backtrack and say, well, we have a path to 270 without Pennsylvania and without Florida. That path would require him to win Georgia and Texas. Um, I'm not so sure that that's um, a real positive thing for her to be saying on the final day. Uh, And the reason why the Trump campaign is so confident is because they believe that they have enough voters who are voting today on election day for turnout to leap over the early and absentee voting of Democrats for Joe Biden. Uh, And we're seeing that this morning. We're seeing in Arizona, Maricopa County, which is the big county that Trump needs to win to win Arizona. It used to be solid red. California has ruined it. It is now purple. Um, We're seeing a Republican turnout there of three to one. We're seeing high Republican turnout in in, uh, crucial counties in Florida. So we'll see how the day goes. That can obviously change. We have six hours before, seven hours, six hours before the final polls close on the East Coast. Uh, So Florida, North Carolina, a couple of others. So we'll see how it goes. But Pennsylvania, I think, is the big big one. And uh, given the way the president's been campaigning there and that Joe Biden should be be a bank shot for him and they're struggling, he's still there today, uh, indicates that President Trump is in a good position. Yeah, and I think if you look at the campaign behavior today, uh, Trump's doing what a winning candidate does, you know, visiting his campaign office, thanking the mm-hmm. team, calling people who have helped him. Uh, and the Dems seem to be scrambling, sending people out there at the last minute to try to get some votes. Uh, you mentioned Florida. A lot of good news coming out of there this morning. Sounds like the Republican turnout is off the charts. 
Biden without Florida, his percentage of winning drops below 50% immediately. So I don't see how they can make the case that they have a viable path, especially if they lose Florida and Pennsylvania. And I would say if Florida goes, it's over. I mean, let's be honest. It's over. And if, if Florida goes, I mean, pretty much North Carolina would follow suit. You know, Arizona, I think, is the question mark. That's what they like to consider part of the core three strategy. I think Arizona's looking pretty good right now. But what, what do you think, Matt? Because you wrote a piece oh, about well, this on the site yeah, this morning. Well, about, yeah. It's going to be a slaughter. Larry, I think it's, it's going to be electoral college slaughter. I'm jacked up, guys. I love it. It's election day. Come on. I love it. But uh, you talk, we talked about Arizona. I think, uh, you know, I see some people saying uh, Trump's going to get between 50 and 52%. I think that's not out of the uh, – that's not – out of, you know, crazy. Uh, Maricopa County, it looks like the Republican turnout is so great that uh, even with these uh, Democrats and independents, it's, um, yeah, they can't overcome it. You know, good old Larry Schweikert over there has been tracking all the early vote totals. And, um, you know, right within hours of uh, this morning, the Democratic uh, early voter advantage in Florida was completely wiped out, completely wiped out. Uh, in Pinellas County, Republicans are turning out three to one. Broward County, Democrat the Democrat turnout is down. Mm-hmm. Um, what about it, youth turnout? Oh, it's down. Oh, it's down. There's no new Democrats and no no youths, no youths showing up in Florida. And there, there's, there's no youths showing up in Minnesota either. What do you make of that, Katie, that the youth vote is lesser this time, at least it seems in, yeah. in early goings here, than it was for Hillary Clinton? Uh, well, I, th- I think that Joe Biden's promises and then backtracking and then promises again to shut the country down have really had a big effect on young people who are just graduating from college who want you know to get out of the parents basement they don't want to be like joe biden staying in the parents basement they want jobs and economic opportunity and typically you know democrats and the media always play up the youth vote it rarely turns out to be a turnout vote for them um you know there's a lot of social media posting there's a lot of celebrities trying to target young voters uh, in a very patronizing simplistic way and you rarely have this overwhelming turnout of young voters um so for them to have been depending on that would have been a dumb strategy to begin with and what do you make of the the trump coalition here being much more diverse than four years ago with massive increases in hispanic and black support i mean it's I think he could reach levels unseen by Republican yep. candidates. I mean, potentially Bush 04 levels of Hispanic support possibly exceeding that. I mean, it's pretty crazy, isn't it? I think it's an incredible show of the left's superficial, surface-level platitudes and false accusations of racism coming home to roost. For years, you've had the left's only argument against the president be that he's a racist, he's a xenophobic, and yet here we are in 2020 with him polling at 14% among African-American black voters. He's going to win Latinos in Florida. So the left's argument overall on Republicans, but specifically President Trump being the party of racism has completely fallen flat on that issue. Uh, While they've been accusing the president of targeting those groups and being you know a friend to white supremacists he's doing better with those groups than we've seen in a long time and i think that the left is really starting to panic we saw this with james Clyburn, democrat uh, house a whip majority whip over the weekend 
irate at the possibility that black voters would dare to cast a vote for Donald Trump. And the bottom line is Democrats have been very superficial on the issue of race, on the issue of minority voters and what they care about. They feel like they are entitled to their vote as Joe Biden has repeatedly shown us uh, throughout this election cycle, right? If you're not black, if you don't vote for him, you ain't, you ain't black, combined with his, his horrible record on, on these issues and his other gaffes and statements. While as the president has, off has offered them not just meetings to really sit down and listen to what their concerns are, but presenting a plan, doing criminal justice reform, talking about what his second term would look like for African-American, Black Americans. So, you know, the Democrats have nobody to blame but themselves here um, for thinking that, you know, just choosing Senator Harris was enough uh, to get Black voters on their side. I mean, how pandering is that? That's what they thought. They thought, well, we have this old white guy, right, who we've we screamed about not choosing an old white guy for president. Yeah. We don't like those kinds of people in our party anymore. So let's choose a black woman for the sake of being black to try and keep black Americans in our corner and to get them out to vote because they didn't vote for Hillary Clinton. And I think that they're seeing right through that. They don't want to vote for people just because they look like them. They want to vote for people who have their best interests and policy positions in mind. Exactly. And, and Matt, I know you've written about this, that the young black male yeah. Is is a, and and the urban black woman is yeah. a huge part of the shy yeah. Trump vote. Yep. Um, I yep. actually think that he's yeah. going to get over twenty percent the black yeah. vote this time. Yeah, and and also it's increasingly female that that shy Trump yeah. vote and gun owning. Yep. So, uh, you know, we'll we'll see. Uh, th those are two groups that Democrats typically not don't like to. Uh, <laughs> well, you call know, so for polling. So. You, the other night, you know, I texted you about this, Katie. It, the media portrays the Trump movement as nothing but negative, right? Yeah. And and the media coverage is overwhelmingly negative, and it makes it easy for people who are, you know, sheep to basically just go along with the narrative. But the Trump message at its true core is a positive vision for America. It's pro-American. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, the American dream. It's, you can start from nothing and become, you know, something incredible. And a lot of people buy into that, and it crosses party lines. I think you know, the the big a big story if Trump wins this is will be from the upper Midwest at least the share of Democrat votes that he gets because the left has totally left these people behind, right? Mm -hmm. They're not interested in in a pro America vision. No, not at all. And I think when you have people who are willing to bust out of the media bubble, bust out of what Democrats have been telling them about who President Trump is, what his policy positions are, what he, the kind of person he is, and they do their own research and find out that the narrative is not congruent with the facts, they get pretty pissed about it. And then they go tell their friends to do their own research. And then they've realized that what they've been told by the media isn't true. And then they're pissed about it, right? So it's not just about this false narrative that's been per perpetuated for years. It's that when people find out that it's not true, they feel betrayed, which is why the media's <laughs> approval rating is worse than anybody's across the country. Yep. And the speaking of Philadelphia and Pennsylvania, so you wrote about this this morning, how in Philadelphia we already have a little bit of shenanigans going on. Uh, what's going on up there? So there's a video that came out this morning of a certified poll watcher in the city of Pennsylvania, county of Pennsylvania, uh, not being let into a Pennsylvania polling site. And the poll workers there uh, were 
arguing that if he wants to call the police, he can, but they're not going to let him in. So, you know, Philadelphia is famous for voter fraud. In just this year, in May 2020, there was a federal, there was an elections judge who was arrested and charged with federal crimes for taking bribes um, in multiple elections in the past to submit false ballots, to change votes on ballots, or to certify false election results. So there are serious questions about what goes down in uh, Philadelphia. It's certainly not a Trump stronghold, um, but the, you know they're trying to get as many votes as they possibly can to weigh out the rural votes in Pennsylvania. And if you have poll watchers not allowing poll, or sorry, poll workers not allowing poll watchers who are certified by the city in, you have to start questioning why they don't want anybody watching what they're doing. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's my follow-up question here. So how concerned are you, just on an overall general level, of fraud in this election? Well, in Pennsylvania especially. Um, yeah. yep. It's always a worry. And, uh, you know, when you have people like Eric Holder and James Clyburn coming out saying that the only reason Trump would win is through voter suppression, well, okay, we can look at that on, on both sides, right? I don't want to accuse people of knowingly and purposely committing felonies by engaging in voter fraud, but the history in Philadelphia is there and Pennsylvania is there. So it's always good to have a trust but verify yep. approach. <laughs> and I love, I love when the left's like, well, it doesn't even exist. I'm like, well, Patterson, New Jersey had to redo their entire election because of fraud. Right. So right. it's just false on its face. Matt, do you think that they're going to try to steal this? Or do you think that our margin of victory could be big enough to counteract any of it? I mean, like Katie said, a million votes in Pennsylvania. Right. I mean, that's that's kind of hard to fraud. I mean, yeah. I mean, you know, what I'm trying to say? I mean, that I mean, that is that is an unprecedented coordinated <laughs> operation to try to try to overtake that. Um, I think they're, they're certainly going to try. I mean, the poll watching thing is, is kind of, you know, uh, disconcerting. I, I, I've heard people say that uh, some polling locations outside of Philadelphia, they're not even open. Mm -hmm. we're, we're, I mean, the poll workers are either late or I don't know what's happening, but uh, people were in line. They had to get out of line because they had to go to work, mm -hmm. but that's okay. They could always come back. Usually, yeah, usually Republican back. voters, usually we go to work and then, you know, we come vote in the evening. Vote yeah. in the evening. So you, you just got to watch. I know the, the, the federal, a federal judge actually just ordered a, uh, a postal service to do a final clean sweep of all their facilities to make sure all the, the votes are counted. Um, the one thing that I'm always concerned about is, you know, the poll watcher thing is, is obviously something to look for, but also the, this whole notion, the, the, the ballots that can be counted without the, the things being postmarked, without the voter signatures matching. Yeah. I mean, we've, we've had some good victories, good legal victories in Michigan and uh, some, some of the other Rust Belt states, but Pennsylvania, mm. um, we've been having some trouble getting some legal wins there regarding some of this bogus, you know, deadline extensions and whatnot. So, well, and um, let's not forget about the attorney general there who yesterday, yes, was saying, yes. like, well, if every counts vote is counted, then Trump loses. Like, you don't know that. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you don't know yeah. that. Be the guy like illegally in charge exactly. of all this, it, yeah. that really instills a lot of confidence. I mean, um, the good thing is, is that some of these rulings in the court have, Basically, and the Pennsylvania Department of State or the Secretary of State said that they would put these late arriving ballots into segregated count piles oh. and that they would only be counted if the margin is smaller than the outlying ballots mm -hmm. and those ballots could be subject to additional legal challenges down the yeah. line. So that was a win for us there to have them have to separate. Yeah. Who knows if they'll faithfully do so. Yeah. 
I think there's definitely a concern here for, yeah. for some shenanigans going on. The but, legal teams yeah. are both at the ready on both they sides. And, and, you know, our side was a little, a little behind. Remember we, a couple weeks ago, I was a little worried. We were a little, I was, you know, they're, they're sneaking some stuff in in Michigan. It wasn't that we were behind. It was that the judges, we were getting more favorable to us. Well, <laughs> also we weren't filing the challenges yet. So, well, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, just, but but half listen, the time listen, it's them. I mean, we won last night. Yeah, you know, both, with the California. Both bowl. we have we have both our, our armies late. of lawyers ready. Both of them are ready to go, ready to be deployed. Um, so we'll see what happens. Hopefully, they won't need them. Hopefully, it'll be exactly. over. Yeah, and, and that's my next point is hopefully we we can get some sort of semblance tonight of what's going to happen. Uh, the liberal media, like MSNBC, says they will not air Trump's declaration of victory if it happens tonight before all the votes are counted. Well, um, yeah. What's your take on that, Katie? And do you think uh, that we're going to see, at least have a good idea of who our next president's going to be tonight? I have a feeling we're going to know tonight. I have yeah. no real, just, I mean, I guess I do have real data based on today and the turnout to back that statement up. Other than that, I don't have anything. It's just a, a gut feeling. Gut feel, yeah. Um, but MSNBC refusing to air the speech by the president. It's just like, how deranged are these people? Like, come on, grow yeah, up. The, the this Trump is a news network. Like, come on, people. Can you imagine if Fox was like, we're not going to air the Biden speech? Yeah. I mean, it's just absurd. That's okay. More viewers for us. <laughs> it, well, exactly. And the, uh, I know the president is planning to be at his victory uh, party tonight here in D.C. at the yeah, Trump Hotel. I don't know if that's a good idea. Um, yeah, I, I know that there's definitely some security yeah. concerns there. You can't really, I mean, that's not really a, a like, I mean, like, uh, where it's located, having a, really a go there perimeter there. is not really feasible. There's more there. White House now. Yeah. What was that, Kate? Yeah. I thought that they were going to the White House now that they weren't doing the Trump Hotel. Oh, did they change did them they change permanently? It? Yeah. I think that's a good I idea. They, I know they were thinking about it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that they need to be in the street. complex. Well, they did wall off the street. Oh, okay. Yeah. Even, but even still, very, not very no, good to be out I, there in the open like that, you know? So, Katie, if we do win this election, what do you think... How, what to, to what degree? I mean, there certainly will be unrest. To what degree do you think that we should expect the left to riot after having seen how they behaved this summer? Uh, yeah, I mean, just given the way that D.C. looks right now, it looks like it's ready for a war. I hope that that doesn't happen. But, you know, I was watching a video this morning of the anarchists who organize these things who are on the left. And it's the same woman who's been organizing the the riots and the the black bloc against Republican um, conventions for years, like decades now. She organized the one uh, in in uh, Minnesota. I think that was what two thousand four, two thousand eight, against Republicans. And she's talking about she detailed like should they know exactly where all the police stations are? They know where all the media outlets are. They know what streets are going to be closed down, which ones aren't. They know what, about where the important government buildings are. She's talking about sacrificing your body for the sake of the cause. She even talks about firearms being involved in this video. So given the way that they are organizing um, and her experience with these things, I would be worried about it. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, agreed. And I've seen some organizing docs going around too, which are uh, not not too great, and hopefully the National Guard law enforcement will not only be safe, because we obviously don't want them to get injured by these deranged leftists, but we'll be able to keep control over what's happening in these cities. 
But it's it's always you know it's an interesting story, right? How yesterday everyone's like, oh, well, all these businesses are boarding up, but they don't talk about why. Right. Right. It's exactly. Like, for, for all those Trump supporters who riot. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, we've, we've all been rioting all summer. Oh wait. <laughs> yeah, I know. So obviously the the election tonight is the big story. So I just kind of wanted to run through uh, some of the states that we have here, the races we're keeping our eye on, and get an overall feel. Uh, of what your what your prediction is for the for the national presidential race obviously the swing states are pretty much sun belt rust belt Mm -hmm. uh what's your kind of feel on on how the president's looking there obviously you gave the rundown of what the campaign is saying uh do you think that those are pretty pretty spot on yeah i i think well i i'm i've heard from a friend today in minnesota who who lives there um who's involved in politics and he's confident that trump's gonna win minnesota which is interesting and if that uh, happens, I mean, then we're probably winning yeah. the whole thing. Oh, that's, that's, I mean. Yeah. Nevada is an interesting one, Nevada. Um, I don't think that he's going to win Nevada, but based on Joe Biden's lockdown decree, mm-hmm. um, Las Vegas is one of the, you know, the biggest city. So they may vote more for Trump, but they're also very unionized and they have a lock and they've been told to vote for Joe Biden. I think Trump has Arizona locked down. Um, Trump definitely has Ohio, Florida nervous about wisconsin and michigan i think he has more of a chance in michigan than he does in wisconsin Um, i'm also nervous about north carolina um and i think he'll win pennsylvania yeah well that would put us at two yeah well that's that's the that's the ball game right there (laughs) and and you and you uh agree that the dems talk of of texas georgia and iowa being toss-ups is overstated completely i don't believe that at all and maybe i'll be wrong but i just don't believe that yeah, that's what yeah. Matt and I always say, is that someone yeah. here is going to end but, up being totally wrong, and yeah. hopefully it's not us. Well, yeah. the last, uh, you know, the last polls have Trump, uh, you know, plus four in Georgia. And also, remember, he got more vote, more primary votes in a non-competitive year than Joe Biden did yeah. in primaries. So I, this whole toss-up yeah. notion is nuts. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't think – I think we'll be fine in the, the Sun Belt. Yeah, well, it's, it's interesting. I mean, Minnesota would be a huge get for sure that like that changes the whole calculus it gives you a lot of flexibility what about new hampshire um i've seen new hampshire tossed yeah. around the only the only lost by 0.3 percent there yeah 16. it's an interesting yeah. place. that whole the new england area is a very interesting yeah. place very fine people up there yeah on it, both sides it would have to be a pretty massive white turnout up there for trump to win which it could be it i could mean be, yeah um when i went up there for the uh the the primaries man, they were jacked up but I would agree. Obviously, I would yeah. agree with you, Katie, that Michigan is looking better than Wisconsin. I do yeah. think that those three states will probably go together: which, uh, Michigan, Wisconsin, and Pennsylvania. Yeah. Um, yeah. Wisconsin may be a much smaller margin than the other two, but and I I do feel pretty good about North Carolina. Um, the Dems yeah. went in with less of an early vote lead than they had in 2016. Yeah. Uh, you have a competitive Senate race there, yeah. which we're going to talk about in a second. So I mean, but it's interesting because it always breaks late that state. North Carolina yeah. always breaks late. It's always yeah. really decided within like less than a week of the election. Uh, it, it's it's interesting. I think for Trump us, would definitely do it for sure. Like yeah. I, I, but I'm just nervous about. It. I think it's too close yeah. to for comfort. Yeah, I agree. And, and you, you mentioned Michigan, man. You know, Kamala Harris is there in Detroit right now. I mean, Biden and uh, Obama were there this weekend. I think I think it's they're I, worried. They're worried sure. up there. So. Yeah. Well, no, you know, the turnout in Wayne County, which houses Detroit, which has a lot of uh, black voters, you know, if, if, if it's like 2016, in which a lot of them stayed home because they didn't like Hillary. 
And what are the yes. what are the rural counties that you're watching for clo- uh, closely for Ohio and the edge of Kentucky? Oh my gosh, oh my I forget what the names yeah. are, but those those rural counties. County? If Trump outperforms 2016, yeah. there that I think will be an indicator for his his rural turnout. Yeah, and uh, keep an eye on Erie County in Pennsylvania. Erie yep. County has decided how the state has gone uh, seven straight elections. So. Yeah. Uh, I don't think there's going to be uh, that, that that cycle is going to be broken. Yep. But you know, if he doesn't do well, Biden doesn't do well. Also in Lackawanna County, there's going to be trouble. Luzerne, um, Luzerne, which was a big, you know, Trump, uh, Obama, Trump uh, county. That, that if flipped. we start getting big bucks returns in, and yeah. they're they're close to level, like yeah. last time, close to even, yeah. then Trump's going to win Pennsylvania. Yeah. And if <laughs> and these are Democrat bastions now, but like if Montgomery, if Trump can get between. I would say, what he, you know, between 37 and 43 40, percent yep. of the vote in Montgomery County and Delaware County, we're 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 in pretty good shape. Yeah, pretty good shape. the campaign manager for the Biden campaign saying today that yeah we have a, another path outside of Pennsylvania and Florida. It just that's a bad indicator for them. Yeah. Also, last week, Debbie Dingell, who's a congresswoman from Michigan, um, she did that interview on CNN and was pretty like you know reserved and I think what's the right word for it, uh, looked down when she discussed that she had a meeting with a lot of her auto worker constituents and they made it clear to her that they plan on voting for Trump again. Yeah. And yeah, she, she was then went on to say, well, I'll be out, to, I'll be out, you know, to try and turn out the vote, but I know Trump is also going to be back. And it was like defeatist, you know, she was defeated because of that. Yeah, she's the canary in the coal mine. She warned the Hillary people in 16. You got to come to my state. Everything else, I think, was an interesting uh, perspective. Yeah, I, it's been interesting to watch how, you know, we went from Biden's got this massive double digit lead and there's no way he can be stopped. And it's a lock to yesterday on CNN, John King running for potential Trump Electoral College wins. The wind has definitely changed direction. Um, and they're dirge over there yeah well they're hedging they're (laughs) hedging their bets and i mean at the end of the day we're all just throwing darts at a board right you know we're trying to pick the data points that seem to point in a certain direction at least we don't admit like we know everything or we don't pretend we know everything like people like silver and all them the election mafia i call them (laughs) but it's it's going to be an interesting race this is the political golden age that we're living through honestly like it Uh. It, it's it. never been more entertaining, more exciting. There will never be a funnier or more entertaining president than Trump. Some people hate that. You know, me and Matt obviously love that. Yeah. Um, well, president for life yeah. to me. <laughs> yeah, you and your Pre- South Korean <laughs> President for life, you know. You know <laughs> the, the Supreme Court nominees by, you know, appointed by executive decree. Let's get it going. Just kidding. <laughs> Just kidding. Am I? So let's, let's talk <laughs> about really? I don't know. <laughs> well, you know, as Andrew Breitbart said, sometimes it just has to be war. Yeah. Let's talk about the Senate here. So the Senate is interesting in the fact that this year, most of the, the races line up with the swing states, the battleground states. So yeah. it makes it unique in that it feel, I feel like they're going to go in either one direction or the other. Like they're going to stick together. I don't know that there's going to be much split. Possibly Arizona might be one of those splits, but I think McSally's finishing strong there. So let's start out with that, Arizona. How are you feeling about that? So I don't really know because I, I, I'm confident saying that Trump is going to win uh-huh. Arizona. McSally's been down all year against Mark Kelly. Um, but I can't imagine that there would be a ton of ticket splitters mm-hmm. for 
Like, like if, if Trump wins, I don't see how McSally can't win, given the Democratic turnout. I don't really see a ton of Republicans voting for Trump and then voting against McSally. Um, so I think her race, if she were to win, would be like the big one of the night because she's been down significantly in the polling there. But Arizona is a tough state. I mean, it's it's big. You have to get out and campaign in those rural areas. Mark Kelly's had a heavy you know, outsider influence come in with lots of money and advertising. So we'll see. But I mean, it would be very strange for people to vote for Trump, but not to get her over the finish line. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll see. And, and that's the exact question one of our avid listeners, Sean, wanted to know from you. Uh, you know, do you think it's a, if he wins by a big enough margin, if Trump wins, do you think he could drag McSally across the finish line? Yeah. I think that's, you know, yeah. that's the, that's the big key there. Flipping over now, we obviously have the two Georgia Senate races. Uh, do you, we'll go to a runoff in at least one of them for the special election. Do you think Purdue is going to have it in him to beat Ossoff? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And, and then over to North Carolina, which is obviously you said you were concerned about North Carolina. What, what do you think? I mean, you think that race just goes with the presidency? Yep, I do. Both of them. Yep. Um, what else we got? Oh, Joni Ernst. They talk, the better, so that's a, you know, a good sign. For sure. They, they talk about Joni Ernst as being down. The most recent polls, though, have showed Trump strong in Iowa and Ernst strong in Iowa. Do you think she holds on to her? Yeah, seat? I think she holds her seat for sure. And we've all basically written off Cory Gardner, I think, uh, right? Yeah, poor Cory. I mean, it's a yeah. shame. You know, in a non-presidential year, I think he'd have a good shot. But right, but the, the presidential year makes it difficult. Again, t- no ticket splitting there. Yep, and that state party's a mess. Yeah, yeah. And so let's talk about the- Jones will lose in Alabama, so that's a pickup. Yeah. Oh, for sure, that's oh, a yeah. pickup for us. May lose two. Maine with Collins. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask about next. I think she's right on the edge. Uh, it'll yeah. depend on Trump's performance in Congressional District 2, I think. Yep. The most interesting race of the cycle, at least for me, is in Michigan with John James. I think that's also reliant on the presidential vote. Uh, but what are your feelings on him as candidate and, and the potential to win? I think he's an awesome candidate. I think it would be such a shame for the country if he didn't win. Um, this is the second time around, I believe, he's run for the, for the seat. Um, he's much closer this time. But again, I don't see Democrats splitting the ticket on that. So if Trump wins, James wins. If he doesn't, they both lose. That's why in this overall, that's like we keep saying, and it sounds kind of silly, but Republicans either win big or they lose big. Yeah. They either win the White House and they keep the Senate because of the non-ticket splitting, or they lose big because there's no ticket splitting, right? So it's either Joe Biden takes it all or Trump takes it all. And, that, and that's definitely the point that we've been talking about a lot is that this unique year, the way that these races lined up with all the battlegrounds being that aligned with the tough Senate races, I think is pretty interesting. If Trump wins Minnesota, do you think he has a chance to pull across our yep. candidate there and potentially yep. surprise that seat? Yep, absolutely. That would be huge for the math. I mean, yeah, a friend of mine uh, who I was seeing out earlier is actually a radio host there. His name is John Justice. Uh, he was saying that he thinks that they're both could get over the finish line. So he said he's very confident. He said that Republicans have matched early ballots with Democrats and there's no Democrat enthusiasm. And it looks like the iron range is going to flip. Um, And he says Lewis should hopefully ride the wave to victory. So that's, that's good. Good news. Yeah. I I think Matt and I both totally agree that if uh, it's basically win big or lose big. Yeah. 
Uh, there's yeah. not much middle middle ground here. Go big or go home. Literally, that's what it's yeah, going to exactly. be. Like. I like that though. I like that. I don't. I don't like middle ways. You know, I'm like, I'm an extremist. So like one or the <laughs> <Yeah>. other. <laughs> <laughs> we either get wrecked or yeah. we're celebrating big time come the weekend. Um, last but not least, the house. So. People have told me I'm crazy for saying that I think that if Trump runs the map in the way he did 16, negates some of those suburban losses from 18, it'll put us in a position to at least have an outside shot at the mm -hmm. House. What's your overall take on, on, on those races? I don't think Republicans will win the House. <laughs> um, we may get a pickup here and there. I think Sean Parnell is trying really hard to beat out Connor Lamb in Pennsylvania. Um, that's one the president's been heavily involved in. Uh, but as you guys know, when we were at the White House this summer interviewing President Trump, he also thought that we were going to flip the house. So you're not alone, Storm. That, well, that's um, when we were there. That, and he said that. That's the only reason it's ever given me confidence. The rest <laughs> yeah, so. He said, you know, I think we have a shot. I said, okay, if Trump thinks it, then I'm, I'm on board, you know? <laughs> I mean, I'm seeing it as a bonus. I'm not putting it right. in it. It would be great, but I'm not putting any legitimate. How great would that icing on the cake be, though, to kick Nancy Pelosi to the curb out of the speakership? Yeah, exactly. That, that would be a true election, you know, victory cherry on top of the cake. So I, I think that's pretty much all the races, right? We hit, we hit on all of them. Yep. Um, it's It really is something, you know, we, we were just talking yesterday about how we started counting down to this day about 400 days ago on this podcast. And here we are finally four years of build up and the election is today it's today a few hours away from polls closing it's crazy that we're here especially this year with the pandemic and this strange campaigning and the virtual campaign from joe biden and the real campaigning from president trump i mean it's been so much has happened in this town in the last four years it's just incredible to think back about the first you know the first inauguration of president trump everything that's happened in between feels like it's been 20 years but it's been four <laughs> Yeah. Certainly has been an action-packed four years. And yep. The yep. greatest four years in this country's history. Maybe minus the revolution. But. Oh, yeah. yeah, right. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I think deep down that's what really scares the shit out of the Dems is that mm -hmm. if Trump wins four more years and we retain control of the Senate, you know, that means more judges. And yep. that means Trump's going to drain the shit out of the swamp because he's already yep. kind of telegraphed some moves um, you know, I think Ray gets fired from FBI. Yes. We yep. get resolution on Russia Gate. Yep. Uh, you know, we, we get uh, clear out of some civil service uh, deep staters from the federal government. Uh, he laid the groundwork for that with that executive order that was just put out uh, a couple weeks ago. It really could fundamentally change this town in a direction that the deep state and the Democrats and, the, you know, the elitist media doesn't want it to go. Well, not only just change the town, but, you know, you're seeing, as we've talked about earlier in the podcast, um, the demographic shift that President Trump has been able to move. Mm -hmm. um, and I think Democrats are worried that this shift will be more permanent because they have so heavily relied on certain voting demographics for the last 50 years um, that they're going to have to try and find new pathways to, to win elections. So, yeah, it's going to be a wild ride. But we'll have all the results tonight at townhall.com. We'll have a live blog. It's going to be great. Of course. Yeah. And, and Matt and I have talked about this. If we do deliver a, a, basically a death blow to the Democrats here and beat them handily in, in the presidential and at least Senate races, do you think that that 
permanent political realignment that we were just talking about, do you think that could just totally splinter the Dems into two mm -hmm. factions of, mm -hmm. of, you know, socialists versus the old Dems? Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're having their reckoning. They're having their insider, outsider, establishment, non-establishment reckoning on the left. And uh, especially if they lose tonight, they're going to want to go all in. They're going to want to go all in on anyway, but especially if they lose, they're going to get more aggressive. You know, nothing is ever permanent in politics, but things feel permanent because they last for decades. And, uh, you know, the people have been training since the 60s for the far left uh, movement that we're seeing right now are going to keep pushing. So we'll see where it goes with the left. I do, do not envy the civil war that's coming within their party. <laughs> we're already yeah. seeing it. And uh, we'll have more of an indication tonight with the voting to see if Biden was able to keep those voters turned out or if they decided to stay home. And I think it was Matt, you said this, that uh, you think no matter what, Pelosi might get a challenge for the speakership. Yeah. I mean, I think, I mean, I think at, at this point, I mean, Hillary was old and lost. Joe yeah. Biden would be old and lost. And then you have old crusty Nancy there. I Cleaning think, out. yeah, I think there's going to be a call for, for fresh blood. I think that uh, Chuck Schumer needs to look over his back because I think uh, AOC could primary challenge him mm -hmm. when he's due in 2022. Um, so, uh, yeah, you know, the whole, you know, time's up, old people. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> on, on, the, on the Democratic side. I mean, it is, if you look at their leadership in both the Senate and the House, I think isn't the median age like 78? It's old it's up old, there. Yeah. It's old up there. So there's going to be a clamoring for, for, for groundbreaking change, not, not just in terms of age, but in terms of policy. It's going to be a very, again, another... Well, we lost because Joe Biden wasn't left wing enough. So, right. That's exactly what's going to happen. So there is going to be, and we talked about this last, I think it was on Monday. There is, or, or last yep. week, there is going to be, I mean, a, a candidate in like Bernie Sanders, like AOC, who's going to get enough of the, of black Democrats south of the Mason Dixon line and become the democratic nominee in the future. And we all need to prepare accordingly. Uh, of course, if we win tonight party first, but, <laughs> but look, look, look ahead to that because, um, you know, we've got to see, reevaluate our, our bench mm -hmm. with regards to who can beat someone like that, because a person like that will drive up youth turn, you know, youth vote, you know, the, the college kids, the, you know, union workers might, might defect, you know, Barack Obama, thank God there's turbulence because Barack Obama did have a permanent winning coalition, you yeah. know, minority voters, union, union workers, young people that in, 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 in the numbers that, that he turned them out. I mean, it's unbeatable. So, uh, but we have our person, Donald J. Trump, who got, you know, Trump Democrats, rural voters to really get excited that, that somebody will have their back because, you know, Mitt Romney obviously didn't have that. That's why, you know, there were, you know, three to four million fewer, you know, work, white working class voters yeah. who didn't cast their ballots um, in 2012, but, you know, came back in 16. So that's one thing to look out too, folks. I think the Trump, the Trump Democrat vote is going to be a lot bigger. Mm -hmm. uh, this year. You know what's really funny? So, so we can we yeah. can see CNN on TV right now. This is oh, the first time I've no. ever seen them run a map where Trump has over 300 electoral yeah. votes. They just gave him Michigan, Wisconsin, and Pennsylvania in addition to running the, the gambit. Basically, the only swing state he doesn't win is Minnesota and Nevada. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, Storm, you mentioned the permanency, right? I mean. I think it's be hard for any Republican in 2024, if Trump mm -hmm. wins tonight, to really hold that coalition together that Trump has built. He's a one-of-a-kind guy. It's almost like he's an independent president. He run, ran as a Republican. He's governed as a conservative on most issues. But he's really been able to pull people in 
because he's not a necessarily political person on every issue. And I'm not sure that any kind of Republican candidate would be able to hold that coalition together, but you never know. What about uh, Donald Trump Jr.? <laughs> oh, I'm dead serious, man. They, they, I mean, when he was so- in, in Manchester, I mean, so- when, when he was out there waving to the crowd, everyone was talking, everyone was saying 46, you know? Yeah. You know, I, I yeah. think if, if the left continues to push further left, which there's no sign they're going to stop, no. the, the Trump true. coalition could turn into permanent Republican voters as long yeah. as the candidate is at least somewhat of the yeah. Trump vein, you know? Yeah. There's a lot of talk about who's going to run in 24. Yeah. we got to win tonight first. If it's but someone like a Kelly Loeffler type or someone who looks... If it's know, someone who's yeah, boring, boring or swampy looking, yeah, you know, that's been in D.C. too long, you know? I mean, I like, I like Nikki Haley. I do. I like Nikki Haley. I'll be very happy with the Nikki Haley candidacy, but she's been here a while. You know who I want? Who? Rick Grinnell. He's going to be FBI. The FBI. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey, <laughs> clean it up and then run yeah. for president. <laughs> and, and I have to say, I mean, getting back to my Donald Trump Jr. point, you know, he, he needs to run for something in, 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 in the in-between yeah. period. Yeah. He needs to be – and I think he could win so- something somewhere. He'd be a great senator of yeah. Florida, but I know yeah. he's not going to probably want to challenge yeah. uh, either Rick's – I think it's Rick Scott who would yeah. be up next, so he yeah. doesn't want to he do needs that. To, but he, he does need to get some experience with the dynamics yeah. here a little bit. Of course, of course, as Katie mentioned, you can go to townhall.com for all the coverage you need of this election. We'll have a full live blog running tonight. We got the full live results. Uh, we're going to try to get some updates out to you triggered listeners tonight. Depends on how crazy the night is. Maybe yeah. me and Matt will uh, record something at 3 a.m. when we get home after hopefully a Trump victory tonight. Oh, I, I don't know. I might be uh, might be too tired, if you know what I mean. I could tell you that either way, I'm going to be <laughs> drinking. That's what I mean. After- it might be earlier than you think. I'm calling it earlier. I'm going to say 10, 10 yeah, 11. A special drunk-triggered episode. You, you think maybe we'll get, like, okay. you know, an Obama just from the opposite side? I'm a James Carville. The only thing I agree with James Carville about this is that it'll be over early. Yeah, that'd be nice. I love James Carter. I could tell you like I said, that's based on no real evidence. I'm just saying it. It's just gut feel. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's a lot of this this politics business. But I can tell you that either way, no matter who wins, I will be drinking either in massive celebration or in misery. Oh God. <laughs> Katie, you'll be on Fox tonight, right? Yep, I'll be on Fox on the live blog, covering everything that's going on. So that's where we will all be. Can be a good night. Tremendous. Well, thank you so much for joining us on Triggered. I know the Triggered fans yes. love to hear from you. Uh, Triggered fans, if you want to email us, you can at triggered at townhall.com. Uh, if you want more election podcasts today, go check out War for the White House. I'm just about to record that about an hour from now. But nevertheless, we will see you on townhall.com tonight in hopes of a uh, Republican victory this election day 2020. Thanks again, Katie. Thanks, guys. Talk to you soon. Oh, no,